we actually started our journey in Copenhagen. 2016, my first Sunday in Bremen was Vision Sunday of February 2016. And um, we came to visit because we knew some friends who were here and part of the church. And from that, at, at that moment, we were still completing our studies in Australia, in Sydney, uh, at Hillsong Bible College. And that's where I met Ingville. And so we got married that summer, and, um, and then we moved. We moved, to, we moved to Denmark, and you know what? I often get asked, why did you move to Denmark? You know, you're English, and Ingvild is Norwegian. That just doesn't compute. You know, that's just not a logical step. You know, I, I kind of feel like it's go back to where you came from kind of thing. But, um, and so, so I often tell people, and I, I want to share with you tonight, that actually the reason we moved was to build church. And we wanted to contribute, and we've been trained and spent some time uh, in, in Bible College in Sydney uh, and, and met there and just had it in our heart to, to be part of building a local church. Um, our families were, you know, two hours away respectively. We had some friends here. The services were in English and it seemed good, so we moved. Like, in short, that, that's, that's what it was. And over the four years preceding, you know, to, to this day, um, over the four years, if there's anything that I've learned in hindsight is that, man, life comes with its ups and downs. <laughs> We had the, the amazing addition of Leona to our family uh, in, in June of last year, and uh, she's, she's been amazing. But any parents out there, you know, it comes with its challenges, sleepless nights and ups and downs there. But, you know, moving to Copenhagen and just having to become familiar with, you know, a new culture and a new language and feeling a bit like a foreigner and finding a job. And, you know, we really moved, you know, with faith in our heart that God would provide um, but it, it's been anything but smooth sailing, and uh, so I, I don't know if I'm, I'm alone tonight in saying that, but maybe you've lived life enough and, and long enough to know that it can do this. It can be a little bit up and down. There can be uncertainty. There can be curveballs. There can be challenges, seasons of plenty and seasons of little, and that was all before 2020 and the arrival of a global pandemic. Here you go. Navigate this. And, you know, this, I think this year alone, I think it makes sense to call this year so far, it's, been, it's really been a revealer. It's been a revealer of what we do when in a crisis, what we turn to, who we turn to, what happens when life happens. How do we keep on going? How do we find our way when really uncertainty is, you know, is ahead and all around us? And so with that, I want to uh, reveal the title of my message tonight, and it's called this. It's called The Terrain of Trust. The terrain of trust. Terrain speaks of the vertical and horizontal way that land is actually made. Nice picture, team. I like that one. That's really great. The terrain of trust. Stephen Covey is an amazing author and leader. Um, one of his famous books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. There it is. He calls trust the glue of life. Says, trust is the glue of life. And I don't know about you, but I believe as followers of Jesus, you know, our faith journey is one of trust and dependence. One scholar put it like this and summarized it in a really helpful way. He said that the Christian faith can be summarized as putting trust in the person and the character of God. The Christian faith can be summarized as putting trust in the person and character of God. And so I'm expecting tonight that the word of God, God's self-revelation, He's going to reveal himself to us tonight. He's going to reveal himself to you tonight. And I believe we're going to walk out of this place with a greater trust, with a greater dependence on who Jesus is. 
And so with that, let's turn to our scripture tonight. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. So if you have your Bibles with me, I'd love you to turn. It's going to come up on the screens as well. But as I said at the beginning, maybe you're a little familiar with this passage, and that's great, because I'm really believing God's going to open your heart tonight. Do you have faith for that in the overflow? Right on cue. Actually, when, when you called to the overflow, I thought they said, no FOMO. I'm like, respect, no FOMO. Like, it's not about being in here. It's just about, you know, respect, overflow. No FOMO. But they actually said overflow. Anyway. Let's turn to the scriptures together and read this. Verse 4, uh, sorry, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Anybody heard that before? Anybody read that before? This is familiar to some of us. Let me give us a little bit of context before we take this line by line, and that's going to form four points, if you like, for everybody who's taking notes and is nice and organized. That's going to form four points for us and getting some waves. That's awesome. Some organized people in the house. The context of Proverbs as a book, uh, what we see is actually the, the chapters or the sections of Proverbs, they make up some wisdom sayings. Here we have two characters. We have a father and we have a son. And effectively, the father has said to the son, hey, son, come and take a seat. C come and sit on my lap. And I'm going to share with you some wisdom about life. I'm going to share with you how to live well, how to live a moral and an upstanding life. And I wonder if there's anyone here tonight, you know, you want to live well with the life that you've been given. You want to live well with the life that you've been given. I believe that these scriptures are exactly for us today. And so what we're going to do, we're going to pull up a chair. We're going to pull up a chair into the classroom. And we're going to listen and hear what the father has to say to the son. And I really believe it's going to help us tonight, okay? Are you ready for the first point? Let's dive right into it. Trust the Lord with all your heart. That word trust, right, I'm going to hit you with, with some original language. Are you ready for this? I'm not even sure you're ready. Right, the, he the Hebrew word for trust, it's pronounced batach. You like that? Batach. Everybody say that? Batach. Don't spit, but yeah. What it means is it means to put confidence or reliance on someone. And in the Psalms and the Proverbs, it's a big deal. It's a big theme because we see it more than 50 times. We see the authors throughout the Proverbs and the Psalms they're encouraging people, they're encouraging the recipients to trust, to take the trust that they have and to put it in a particular direction. We could also read this, this first line, this first verse as rely on the Lord with all your heart or put your confidence in the Lord with all your heart or lean on the Lord with all your heart. In the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5, we see an example of someone who managed to put their trust in God and what it meant for their life. Some of you might be familiar with some of the historical passages that we see these kings in Israel and Judah, they rise to the surface. And throughout these, these scriptures, we see some kings who just get it messed up, man. Like they fail miserably and they just go their own way. They decide just to trust in their own thinking, their own way of doing things, their own strategy. But one example where we see the opposite is King Hezekiah. And in chapter 18, verse 5 of 2 Kings, we see how King Hezekiah's legacy was to do with the fact that he trusted God. Check this out. Verse 5. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him 
nor among those who were before him. How amazing is that? We see the track record of Hezekiah over his life. Because he put his trust in God, he actually was successful and had a legacy, left a legacy of everything that he did. I really believe, you know, the Bible is full of people who, yes, who get it wrong, but also we see the benefit and the blessing of putting their trust in God, in the direction of the Lord with all their heart. Pastor Thomas has been saying recently in some of his messages that we're not called to understand God. We're actually called to trust him. We're called to trust him. And we each have this ability and this measure of trust. And I wonder where you put it today. I wonder what this year has revealed, you know, the coronavirus. What's it revealed about you? Who you lean on? Where you go in a crisis? What you think? Your conduct, your behavior? What has it revealed? I wonder tonight, can we have a renewed commitment? We're going to put our trust in the Lord. We're going to direct everything in us because of who he is. Because of who he is. His character, his nature, his ability. It's not going to come up on the screen, but one passage, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7. It's the time when the Lord Yahweh, he reveals himself to Moses. And this is unbelievable. It's actually one of the passages that is most referred to in the rest of the scriptures. So as we move on in reading the scriptures, so many passages, they point back to this passage because it talks about the Lord and how he revealed himself to Moses. He was a God of compassion, a God who was merciful, a God who was abounding in love for generations and generations. Friend, can I tell you today that he's still the God that we worship, that he's still the God that we serve. He is a God of compassion. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of forgiveness. He is just. He cannot not deal with sin. And his love is abounding for generations and generations. That is why we put our trust in the Lord because of who he is. Back in uh, Bible college when me and Ingle started dating, 2013, downtown Sydney, we used to look forward to Wednesdays. All right, Wednesday was our day. Wednesday morning, about 10.30 in the morning, we would slip off after, you know, our first class. And uh, we would go down to the local cafe. I would order a cheeky little eggs benedict. She would get a little chai latte. And that was our moment to get to know each other. That was our moment to invest time and to be intentional about asking each other, hey, you know, what does your mom and dad do? What about your family? You know, how, how's your upbringing been? How, how do you react in these situations? What, what are you thinking when we're studying this topic? That was our opportunity to get to know each other and discover more about each other and develop trust, develop our relationship. Check this out. One scholar says, says this, just as one may know another human by the words and actions of that human, so God, he has chosen to become knowable through his words and actions. Are you getting that today? God has chosen to become knowable through his words and actions. I prayed at the start, that the Bible, it's more than just ink on paper. This is God's self-revelation of himself to us. What a gift, hey? That's why we give every single person every week the opportunity to connect their life with God. And we're going to do that later as well. And we give you a Bible because you need to go on that journey of getting to know God yourself. One thing very practically before we move on to the next line. When I'm reading the Bible, I do my absolute best, you know, we, I'll be honest, you know, there's moments where, you know, can lose, lose focus and whatever. But what, one, one thing I really try to do when, you know, reading the Bible, reading the scripture every day, I try and ask myself this. And uh, it's just a question that I try and use as a filter. Maybe, maybe you will find it helpful today. What does the scripture I've just read 
reveal to me about the character of Jesus. Sometimes I think we can fall into the trap of focusing on the character in the story, maybe a character who, you know, and, and I think it's right to associate, but ultimately, what is this scripture? What is this character? What is the way in which they relate to God? What does that tell me about God? What does that tell me about the Lord? What does that tell me about Jesus? As a community tonight, church, and in the overflow, all of us together, let us be people who put our trust in the Lord. And I really believe, you know, that as, as we meet here week in, week out, as we gather together in, in connect groups, that there's such a power in storytelling. There's such a power in sharing our stories of, of how when, when you have trusted God, what has happened? Has God blessed you? Has God come through for you? And I really want to charge us as a community, us as a family today. Do you have a story to tell? about God's faithfulness, about how God has come through for you? Because we need to hear it. Because I believe there's people here today, maybe trusting God is hard right now. And maybe life is just throwing you a curveball and it's really difficult to read your Bible or to to really put your trust in God. Maybe maybe you're new to this. Maybe this is a brand new journey of faith for you. I really want to encourage those who, maybe you've walked with God for many years, tell the stories. Speak up. Share the praise reports so we can read it out and we can encourage one another. I trusted God and he came through for me. He can do the same for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Are you with me? All right, let's move on to the next one. Lean not on your own understanding. Interestingly, the word lean and trust, they're really synonymous from the first line and the second line. And what they do is they, they directly link to the bigger themes of Proverbs, which is choosing the way of wisdom over the way of folly. All right? And I think what's so important and crucial in this to understand and what the scripture is telling us is that we're being encouraged here to be dependent in our thinking. Not not, not simply to be independent, not to go it alone, not not just to rely on our own thoughts and our own way of doing things. Actually, the father here is, is explaining to his son, don't just lean on your own mentality. Don't just lean on your own thinking, but develop a dependency. For us tonight, let's develop a dependency on the Lord. Let's develop a dependency on our Heavenly Father. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, this is what the Lord said, the words of the Lord to to the prophet Jeremiah. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Dependency is not a weakness, church. Dependency is a strength. Our dependency is to be on the Lord, is to be leaning into him. What's What's that famous verse as well in Isaiah 55? Because God says, my thoughts are higher. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways are your ways. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my thoughts, my ways. We have this opportunity. We have access to the creator of the heavens and earth, not to develop, not to be independent, but to be dependent, to lean into him. Are you with me, church? Are we awake? We have access to the presence of God. Whenever we gather together here, as Pastor Thomas was saying, it's an opportunity for us. God, I choose this week, right from the outset. Because the week starts on the Sunday, not Monday, right? We set the course. We, we regain focus. We get God in view. We say, God, I'm not going to be independent this week. I'm going to put my trust in you. 
I want you to be involved in my week. I want you to be involved in my, in my thinking, in the challenges I face, in the wins that I have. Yeah. Church, let's develop a dependency, yeah. a dependency on who God is. Yeah. And in the same way Jesus lived his life, John chapter 8, dependent on the Father. Verse 28, it says this, that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. We see that model in the life of Jesus. He lived dependent upon the Father. During lockdown, we had an amazing opportunity. Some of the, some of the team across locations, we had the chance to do a, an online evening college and um, took, took the chance in lockdown just to try and create some opportunity for people to educate themselves and stay sharp. And in one of the, the, in one of the, the times that we had together, I, ha- I had the opportunity to interview one of our team about how they, how they do this, how they lean, not on their own understanding, but how they lean into God and how they lean into the Holy Spirit in their everyday life. And she said something so amazing that I think is really for us tonight. And uh, she talked about going into a meeting and just, and just praying and aligning herself with the Holy Spirit and praying as simply as this, God, help me, help me to say the right words. Help me to know which direction to go in this conversation. Help me not to bring just my agenda to the table but help me to know what you want to do in this. I wonder today, as we go into our week, maybe you're studying, studying online, maybe you're going into leading your business this week, I wonder if we can be dependent on the Lord. I wonder if we can rely, not just on our own understanding, but lean into God. And in those moments where maybe we're going into something, going into our day even, that, that, that we can have the strength, and we can have the humility to say, God, I want to lean into you. Believe that your ways, your thoughts, you have, you have the best in mind for me. You have plans and purposes this week to see what I'm doing, the work of my hand, to see it blessed, to see it flourish. I wonder what would happen if going into meeting rooms, going into conference calls, going into university classes, I wonder what would happen if we became a little bit more dependent on what it is that God was doing, what, what it is that the Holy Spirit wanted to say, how he wanted to lead us. I really believe that, that is an opportunity for us this week. Proverbs 3, chapter, Proverbs 3 verse 5 in the message, the late great Eugene Peterson, he says this for this line in his translation, don't try and figure out everything on your own. You doing good? Yeah. Can we keep going? Yeah. Right, third line, in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. And ways here in the original language, it actually points to more than just what we do. But it also relates, it's a little bit bigger. It relates to our journey, our behavior, our conduct, a pathway that we want to take. And so here, you know, we see the father saying to the son, and consequently to us tonight, don't just acknowledge God in a few things that you do. He's actually interested in everything. He's interested in, in your thoughts, in your thinking, in the way that you approach things, in your behavior, in your conduct, in the way that you speak to your wife in the way that you speak to your kids, in the way that you conduct business. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him in on those thoughts. Let him in on those frustrations, those dreams, those desires, those ideas that nobody's even known about yet. Let him in. 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9, it says this. David speaking to his son Solomon. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts 
and understands every plan and thought. Is that not a comforting thought tonight, church, that the Lord understands? He understands, understands every thought, every plan, everything that's going on in your mind, everything that's going on in your heart. I once heard prayer described as this, allowing God to get a foothold. Allowing God to get a foothold. Pastor Bobby also talks about prayer by saying, let God do the heavy lifting. Let God do the heavy lifting. I really believe that one of the ways, one of the major ways we can acknowledge the Lord in all our ways is through prayer. And through activating and working and cultivating an ongoing conversation. An ongoing conversation where... I actually just watched uh, together with uh, Jesper and George, we were just watching on Amazon Prime, Bear Grylls has just done this series called The World's Toughest Race. Anybody seen it? Anybody? Oh my goodness, it's unbelievable. Actually unbelievable. To the point where I went for a run one day. I got a knee injury about two kilometers in and I'm like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> These guys are doing, you know, 200 kilometers a day on three hours sleep and I'm like, I can keep going. This is my toughest race. You're all thinking, what a loser. <laughs> I say that because there's, there was one particular part of this race, this world's toughest race, that teams had to traverse this mountain climb. And often they were doing it through the night, three, four, five hours. And I want to put the image in your mind of, 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 of someone mountaineering, someone who is constantly looking for a foothold in order to climb. I wonder if you, in your life right now, you need to let God get a foothold in a situation. You've been trying, you've been grappling, you've been struggling to grab for the, for the, next, for the next rock, for the next crevice, just, just to pull yourself up, to do it in your own strength. What, what if you started praying this week, God, get a foothold in this situation, in this relationship, in my job? I could reel off so many examples, but I trust that it's triggering things for you. Why don't we start praying, church? God, get a foothold in this situation. God, God do the heavy lifting here, because I can't do it. And then after saying that, why, why don't we look with expectation? You know, I'm full of expectation tonight that people are going to renew their trust in God. I'm believing that God is going to get a foothold in your life in a new way. You're going to walk out of here with a renewed trust in who he is. What are those areas that we can begin to pray? God, get a foothold. I've actually never given this over to you, but it's time. Why don't you, why don't you show me? Why don't you do the, do the heavy lifting here? Right. Me and Ingvill, again, when we, when we were developing our relationship, our friendship, we... Uh, Sometimes out of, out of a, a prayer of desperation, because um, <laughs> we were two, in, in Bible college, two Bible college kids, and sometimes, like, we just didn't have fun sometimes. We were like, <laughs> we're talking about studying abortion and ethics, and it was all a bit, anyway, I don't know why I said that. That's not in my notes. Anyway, she would be fully rolling her eyes right now if she was here. But we, uh, we, we agreed that we would start praying and, uh, together this particular prayer, and it was, God, if this relationship pleases you, let it grow. Just a simple example of, God, get a foothold. Because if this isn't of you, then let it fizzle out. Thank God it didn't. Amen? Yeah. But, uh, but God, if this is of you, let it grow. I'm just giving you some words. Maybe you want to write those down and take it into your week. But what would it look like for you to open up to God and acknowledge his involvement, his input, lean into him, to trust him afresh, to start to put words around, God, do the heavy lifting here because I'm tired. And just getting to that place of acknowledging, God, I need your help. I need your help. God, do the heavy lifting.
Finally, on this point, before we begin to come to a close, and I'm not going to sing. Uh, maybe some of you are waiting for that, but uh, <laughs> we're going to sing. <laughs> One final example here of what this journey has looked like for, for me in Ingville recently is that, um, as you saw on the screen, our, our beautiful daughter, Leona, she started Vogelstung. And um, over the past few months, obviously, with everything locking down, we, we actually were unable to go and visit the facilities and the, the place that we were assigned. Uh, and so that created a little bit of, uh, you know, we don't know the, the, the pedagogue and, you know, the people that are going to be assisting her and with her for large portions of the day. You know, she was about to develop a life aside from us. Um, and, yeah, some of, some of you have done that journey as well and would know it's, yeah, just handing over your child and see you in, see you in a few hours. Um, but honestly, this, this is an area where we really prayed these particular prayers. God, we really have to trust you here. We really have to trust that you know what's best for Leona, that the place that she has been uh, allotted and, and given, it wasn't on our priority list. But we trust that you're at work here. We choose not to lean on our own understanding and to take control. And can I tell you, over the last few weeks, it's just been amazing to see not easy at times, as she's been bawling her eyes out, but now, Leona, as we hand her over to now her new friends and the, you know, the teachers and the people that are there, she just waves. She's just waving at everyone. And we've just really seen over the last few weeks, God just point into our lives and say, hey, you can trust me. Hey, you can trust me here. You can trust me with your kids. You can trust me with your family. You can trust that when the world is going through a pandemic, I still have things in control. I still have your world in my hands. And I want to encourage you, you today, church, it's the same for you. As you lean into God, as you trust in him with those things that are most precious to you. Maybe it's, you know, you're being gripped and, and, and rattled a little bit by the uncertainty of what this year is bringing. But let me, let me, uh, let, let me share this quote with you. I think, it's, I think it's really, really powerful. Corrie Ten Boom, she was an amazing Dutch lady in the Second World War who really helped her uh, to look after and uh, facilitate many Jewish families away from, from what was happening uh, in Germany and in Europe, she says this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's for someone today. That's for someone today. And finally, and he will make your path straight. Here we get to the point in the scripture, here's the promise. If you were here this morning, Pastor Thomas put it brilliantly that sometimes we want the, the, the promises of God without the principles. And in, this, in these four lines, what we see, we see three lines of principles, and then we get to the promise. And he will make your path straight. You know, throughout the scriptures, we see a rhythm, a pattern. We often see the Lord say to his people, if you will, dot, 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 then I will, dot, dot, dot. This can be seen in many scriptures. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is one of them. If my people, who are called by my name, will repent and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, I will heal their land. I will answer their prayers. We see this rhythm here. If you, then I will. If we trust in the Lord with all our heart, we can be sure that he will make our path straight. But I do want to say this, because it sounds awesome, hey? Path straight. We've got the image behind us of mountains and cool. Smooth sailing. Let's go right through those suckers, you know? Through those mountains, no problem. That's actually not what the, what, what the scripture is pointing at here. It's not saying that life with God, putting your trust in God is easy. It's, it, it's not saying that. Another translation says he will direct your paths. But what it is saying, and I really believe you need to hear this tonight, church, it's a promise of God's help 
in bringing direction and guidance. It's a promise of God's empowering presence to be with you, to be behind you, to be around you, to be ahead of you, and for you to know his presence. In Hebrews chapter 13, it says the words of Jesus that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? In the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is, is, is designed, is, is communicated to us. He's our helper. He's our reminder. He's with us. And if God is for us, church, we know it. Who can be against us? This is a promise of God's empowering presence. No matter whether you're in the valley right now, no matter whether you're in a mountaintop, overflow, wherever you guys are at, this is a promise of as we put our trust in God, as we allow him to lead us, lean into him, into who he is, his character, that he will bring direction and he will bring guidance. And I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to do a day more of this year without God's empowering presence, without knowing that he's with me, knowing that he's for me, knowing that he's going ahead of me into this week. I believe that for you. Knowing that he's with you, knowing that he's for you as you go into whatever your week holds. One final story before we wrap up. If there's one area of our lives, I think if I boil it down, there's so many areas where we've seen putting our trust in God has resulted in God just really being with us and helping to make straight paths. It's in our finances. We moved country, we got married, we moved to Copenhagen. No job, no apartment, a small friendship group, and then began the trust journey, really. So many uncertainties. And uh, I remember um, one Sunday, you know, um, for those of you who remember Elliot Shaw, Elliot and Yona, he was playing keys. And I remember him coming down to me once. And you know, we, we were, he was English as well. So we both connected there. But just started to see from that moment on how, you know, we had nothing, really. We couch surfed for the first eight weeks before getting an apartment. And uh, just to see, putting our trust in God, the conversations every week in church. And the help and the guidance and the, oh, hey, I'll ask my boss if there's any job vacancies. And I have to tell you, church, that it hasn't been easy. As I, as I said at the start, there's, for us, over four years, there's been seasons of plenty and seasons of little. But God has brought direction and God has brought guidance. And God has provided for us when we have not had any clue of how to pay our rent and how to put food on the table. And we are now at the point, after seeing over the last four years... God's track record, his character comes to the surface, his faithfulness that he can be relied upon, that he is actually worth being put first with the tithe. I have to say, just being honest, I'm scared not to tithe now. I'm scared not to tithe. I'm scared not to put God first and not, and not, I'm scared not to allow God to have a foothold, not only in my financial world and my family's finances, but in our world at large. Because the windows of heaven in Malachi 3.10, they're not just financial blessing. That's holistic blessing. That's blessing on every single area of your life. When honoring God with that thing which is so precious to us, which is so close and competing for the allegiance of our heart. But I'm at the point now, church, where I, I, I'm afraid not to tithe. Because I've seen God's track record in our lives. I, I, I don't want to be without that. I don't, I don't want to be without that assurance. And, and, that, and that knowledge that he's with me. No matter what life looks like, whether it's with much or with little, or we're struggling or doing great, I know that he's with me.